Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. I think I'm looking at a bunch of people that are wanting to grow in the Lord, right? And be fruitful. We were designed and created to be fruitful and to govern our lives and to have the fruit and the be able to plant the seed of the word of God and then be able to see that seed grow and flourish and be a benefit to us and those around. So so we're going to get into it this morning and I'm going to do a little bit of um, review but not a whole lot because I I tend to do too much review and then I don't have enough time to get into the rest. So we're going to fly right through it. But last week we were, well the, the series is fruitfulness and that's what we're looking at. And um, I don't think you'll ever find a person in life, um, whether they know the Lord or not, who don't want to be successful and be fruitful in life, right? Um, but we were giving the ultimate. We were given the ultimate way of being fruitful, and that's Jesus and His blood and, and the, everything that He has given us inside of us by the Holy Spirit to be able to walk through life, to live life, and, and not just in our bodies, our relationships, in our finances, in our jobs, all of these things to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. And um, I want to see the Word of God and the seed of the Word of God when planted produce the fruit that it says, the Word says that it's going to produce. I'm not seeing a full production of the seed of the Word of God in my life yet, right? But we can, and that's what we are, we are, our stature is Christ, and so um, we're going to look at Jesus this morning again, because we always look to Jesus, and uh, he was our perfect example of being fruitful, and, uh, but anyways, fruitfulness, let me just remind you of this, is it's very productive, producing fruit in abundance, fruitfulness is used by scripture as a symbol of spiritual maturity, bearing results, it means very productive, producing fruit in abundance. Spiritual growth and maturity will yield more and more harvest. The more that we are aware of him and his word, and then applying that word to our life, the more fruit we see in our life, right? And you can only apply, there's, a, there's, a, there's an intimacy and a relationship with the Lord that he has called us, invited us to have, where we know when our Father speaks and when he leads and when he guides, that if we respond to that, then we get to enjoy the fruit that he has to offer us in our life. And it's kingdom fruit. Every bit of fruit that he gives, every bit of fruit that we uh, bear because we're in him and in the vine is good. And it's profitable. Like, it's beyond profitable, right? It is so good. And so even in, in life, because we live in a society like this, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but there's a lot of people doing good things, right? It's good to give to the poor. It's good to help the, the tornado victims. Do you know what I mean? Those are, those are fine things, but without the Lord in it, there's not much profit to that. And the Lord has designed that in this relationship with him and in this communion and this intimacy with him that we can hear what he says and respond to what he says by action 
right? And then see tremendous fruit. And the thing about God's fruit and God's abundance, it doesn't just affect me and mine. It affects a lot, right? We are to be a display of his glory. We are to be a display of his goodness. We are to be a display of everything that he is. We are to be his hands and his feet. We are to express his glory in this world, in this earth, and in our world that we're in. And so um, uh, the awareness that we need to have is and we talked about this last week in John 15, that there is a beginning to being fruitful. And we're going to go to, um, actually, I'm going to just read this real quick. All of this message was prefaced from or what came from 2 Peter 1, 2 through 10, and in particular, verse 5 through 10, and we'll come back to that. But 5 through 10 says, and you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but you can. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For, listen to this, if these things are yours and they abound, and we know they're ours because in verse 3 it talks about everything, the power that's been given us to us to live in godliness but if these are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ wow sounds like we have a little bit of a responsibility to um, opening the door for fruitfulness to be in our life we have a responsibility to walk in um, we've got a responsibility to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, we talked about knowledge, that it's not, um, I'll read it to you, to know or to have knowledge is not to be intellectually informed about some abstract principle, but to apprehend and experience reality. Knowledge is not the possession of information, but rather its exercise or actualization of it. So inside of knowledge and knowing God, there's an action to it. You look different. You allow that knowledge as you become closer to the Lord, you allow that to govern. Remember we talked about governing our lives. We allow that to govern our mind, will, emotions, what we speak what we say, what we do, how we respond, we allow. And that is taking knowing God and putting action to it. Because you don't really know. Has anybody ever told you, I love you, but they don't ever show any part of that to you? There is action to the love of God. There is expression to the love of God. There is expression, and so part of our part and the parameters of being fruitful in life is, listen, he said right here, giving all diligence. That's you. That's me. We give all diligence to these things, and he says in verse 9, for, if, uh, <clears throat> for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. Who wants to walk through this life blind? 
Do you know that you can walk through even different, um, you, can, you can see in some areas, but you can be pretty blind in others? This is why you have to have intimacy with the Lord. And, and we're not going to go over humility again, but we, we had that message a few a month or two ago. But that's why you have to remain humble before the Lord because he keeps you in that place, that relationship where you're talking to him and he's talking to you and you're adjusting and you're correcting, keeps you in a place of fruitfulness in every area of your life. And we grow in this. Right? Nobody's perfect at this. We grow and we develop in this. But that person who knows God, um, to know him, you don't just tell me what you know. But when I see what you know, there is a deeper impression on me, right, and on you. You can tell us things all day long, but unless there's an action to what you know, it's only surface deep. There's not a lot of depth to that. And that is what spiritual growth is. We are going to grow to the point where in and out of our relationship, our personal relationship with God, we begin to put feet to what he's telling us. And then we begin to see fruit and growth. Without that, what does James say? It's the doer of the word. Don't be just a hearer only, but a doer of the word of God. And I'm sorry. Without that intimacy with the Lord, you don't know what you need to do in which areas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know, like, just an example of when, <clears throat> when I was walking through just believing God for healing and things, my natural or my spiritual, you know, like, this is what you do would go this direction, but the Lord led me in a direction that didn't seem like what I should do, right? Because he knows more than us, Right? He knows more than us. And so that first part of being fruitful is keeping the Lord in number one in your life above anything. And you know you have to fight for that. You have to, on purpose, hear from God. You have to, on purpose, learn from his word. You have to, on purpose, apply what you're learning. It doesn't just happen just because I'm a Christian. It doesn't just happen because we're faith people, because we are faith people. You've got to put action to that. And you don't gauge someone's spirituality, spirituality by the gifts that they flow in. And we're going to talk about that and get into that even more. But the person who knows God, you look and you see fruit in their life. You see fruit in their life. So fruitfulness begins and is maintained and abounds at the level of our commitment to be purposed and intentional about knowing him and then following through with the action that comes from abiding in him. I know that was a mouthful. But we do that first because we love him. It talks to us in, in John, I believe it's fourteen twenty one, that those who love me keep my commandments. What does that mean? I know you love me as my child when you're doing what I'm telling you to do. And not just picking what you think you want to do or what's comfortable for you to do, but you are actually doing what I am telling you to do no matter how hard it is on your flesh and your emotions. You are doing what I'm asking you to do. And that is when I know you, my child, you love me. 
He said that. When you keep my commandments, I know. So abiding, and we're going to go to John 15 and read this again. So you can turn to John 15. John chapter 15. And we're going to start in verse 4. And we did read this last week, but we're going to read it again real quick. And then we'll go into to more detail on it. But abide in me and I in you. This is 15.4 of John. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, now the abides here means the one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and following his precepts, is the one who abides and remains in him and he in them. There's an action to abiding. Now listen, there's a rest to abiding. When you understand relationship with God, you're not doing things because that's what keeps you righteous. You're doing things for him because you love him that much. And he loved you enough that while we were stinky and crusty and sinning and ugly, that he sent his amazing son to die for us when we were just in that stage. That's incredible love. So out of our response to his love, I don't ever feel like I have to do things because I, I, I have to do things to keep my position. Um, Herb talked about that, knowing who you are in Christ. It's a big deal. But out of my fellowship and my relationship with the Lord, I just want to do things for him. Does that mean we're perfect at it? No. But there should be a passion and an understanding of, man, I just want to know you, God. I just want to know you. I want to know you. And what I mean by that is I want to know you. I want to be actively in fellowship with you and then actively putting into action what you are telling me to do. And then we have this relationship where, man, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're in a good spot. We're in a good position. We're in a very good position. Sometimes I think we just don't, we focus too much on the natural side of things and we don't focus on the position that we're in and we miss out on being fruitful in areas of our lives because we're so focused on what we see or how hard it is for me. When God promised, you do this, you apply this, and this is what you have. You have the fruit of this. And I want the fruit of, of what he has to offer. So abiding is not on your own terms. That's called visiting. Okay? Abiding is not on your own terms. We're not visiting God. He's not visiting us. Now, we have the Spirit of God just flood through this place, and it is very tangible sometimes, and I love that. But the Spirit of God is on the inside of you when you walk out these doors and before you walked in. But you've got to change your mindset of, I'm going to go to church to meet God, 
and spend your week and your days and your hours abiding in him and having fruit throughout your week. This is where formula in this, in this relationship, this is where formula goes away because you don't genuinely spend time with God in remaining pliable, teachable, and humble and become more in bondage about what I can do for him in that sense, like the work of it, but a greater understanding of who I am in him. And because of who I am in him, I have the grace and the anointing and the ability to do for him what he's asked me to do. It starts with relationship. It starts with abiding in him. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them away and the, in the, into the fire and they are burned. This is verse 6 of chapter 15. Basically, you cut yourself off from life. He is life. There is no other life. He is life. And verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you are actively abiding in the Lord and with the Lord, listen, even in that place of intimacy and abiding, your asking will be so connected with his will and his desire for you. You see what I mean? Because, you know, we can get into just this perpetual asking and asking and asking and asking and begging and begging and begging and please God and please God and please God. But right here what he's saying is, is listen, live in me, respond to me, Honor me, and he actually, your heart begins to line up with his. And then you be able to, you, you begin to see things in your life. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's relationship. He's your father. I do not give my kids everything they ask for just because they asked and just, you know, it's just flippant. There's relationship that happens. There's growth and development that happens. There's, um, there's uh, maturity that happens. And then they just, you know, they grow and they develop. Fruitfulness totally depends on our fellowship with Christ and our response. I read this last week. To that fellowship, a disciple must be fully connected to his divine source to produce for eternity. A branch by itself cannot produce fruit. It needs the vine. Not we, but our Lord has the divine resources. The branch produces what is drawn from the vine, and we must come to a recognition that we are not sufficient of ourselves. There is a danger in self-sufficiency. The principle that Jesus is teaching in John 15 here is that it is, not it, it is not possible to render anything for God without dependence on Christ. No man has the capacity to do anything for God in his own strength. We have had at times the wrong idea of what spiritual maturity is. So, because... Spiritual maturity gets down to the uncomfortable stuff <laughs> for your flesh, right? 
the Corinthian, and we're going to look at it, the Corinthian church proved that you can be gifted and appear one way on the outside and be able to flow in things, but your spiritual maturity is like about this deep. Your character is about this deep. God cares about our character. He cares about our character. And a lot of times, character is proven in the areas that nobody can see but God. He deals with things in us in private. It's, I mean, we're talking about little things like what your, what your motivation of your heart is. I mean, these are not little things. These are big things, but your motivation of your heart. How you're handling situations when nobody's around what you're saying about situations when a couple people are around, but not those people are around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying there? There is character. And that, I believe, in Second Peter is what it's talking about there. There's character that takes place, that is developed and grows. Um, <clears throat> when you abide in him, you are abiding in who he is, and God is love. You want to grow spiritually, you're going to be a person that loves. And we're going to take it seriously. Remember, it's one thing to say, I love you. But it's another thing to, to show and put action to that love that I'm speaking. It's another thing to put action, to put proof to what you've just said. To put an action to that. Um. In verse 9 and 10 of John 15, it says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. The message, I love this, in that particular verse says, I've loved you the way my Father has loved you. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain intimately at home in my love. And that's what I've done. Kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. Character is important. Proverbs 25, 28, and I'm not going to turn there. I'll just read it to you. It says, if you live, because I believe this is in the Passion Translation, it says, if you live without restraint, like you don't govern your life and are unable to control your temper or your flesh, you're as helpless as a city with broken down defenses open to attack. You're as helpless as a city with broken down defenses open to attack. The love of God is a parameter to being fruitful in life. You allow the word of God to govern what you think, say, and do. There's action to it. There's action to commitment to the Lord. There's action to walking in love. There's action. There's character that needs to be released. And God doesn't just come over and strong arm you into that. We do that. We are the ones that are to be diligent in these things and then not have darkness, but be able to have light in situations. Too much focus. Now, we should focus on the gifts, but too much focus on 
me, 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 my gift, my gift, my gift, and not enough focus on the foundation of the love of God and the character that the love of God expresses and holds. This is a big deal, right? In um, Galatians 5.22, we're going to turn there. And you guys all know this because we learned this when we were like six, some of us. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against there, such there is no law. Now, I'm going to totally mess with your six-year-old, um, what do they call that? Your doctrine. Okay? <laughs> if you have a doctrine at six-year-old. Okay? The Passion Translation reads it this way. But the, thr- the fruit or the harvest produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. The fruit is love. And all its varied expressions. The expressions of love. Okay? There is one fruit. What did, the, what did he say? He said the Holy Spirit has shed abroad... The love of God was shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And the expression of that love, the action of that love, the expression is, <clears throat> excuse me, is joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, and a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. There is one fruit with eight manifestations. I don't know if you've never heard, ever heard that before. Really what that does is it really helps us out. Okay, so we don't have to focus on nine fruits here. We can focus on one fruit and allow the expression of that fruit to come through us and flow through us. There is one fruit in eight manifestations. In, if you notice in Matthew 22, it says love fulfills the whole law. So you find in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you find all of those eight manifestations laid out right in front of you of what love is. You see that? You see patience. You see kindness. You see gentleness. All laid out in the description of what love is. Love has an expression. In Galatians 5.25, it tells us, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we've been born of the Spirit, then we need to put feet to that and walk in the Spirit. And if you've noticed reading through the New Testament, love is the foundation. Love, God is love. That's not just something He does. Remember, it's who he is. So if we are abiding in him and him in us, then we're abiding in the fullness of love. And our job is to not leave it dormant, but put action to it. How many have ever realized and noticed in your life that to put action to love really messes up your flesh? 
And it usually will. It usually will. The Lord will ask you to do things that you just don't want to do. But by faith, you step out and you put action to what he's asking you to do. And you walk in love on purpose, intentionally, and you see fruit from it. So we see, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians, so you guys can turn over there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to look at a couple different, um, actually we're not going to read the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, if you don't know this, is what love is, okay? We're not going to read over that. But turn to um, uh, chapter 12, verse 31, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 for a second. I want to show you how important it is because in, in Corinthians, you guys kind of know the Corinthian church, right? They were operating, it was the biggest church they were operating in the gifts, but there was, there was things happening that were not a good representation of the Lord at all. There were some character issues, right? That's what you'd call that, character issues. The interesting thing to me is that God is so merciful that he will he will he will give us what he can, right? He will allow some things to flow, but there's a better way to flow in the gifts that is fruitful. I don't want to just flow in gifts because I can. Ooh, look at me. I can flow in gifts. I want love and character to be a foundation and then flow in the gifts from that place. That is spiritual maturity. You are not mature because you can prophesy. You are not mature because you can catch people really well, Mike. (laughs) You are not mature because you can do something in the kingdom of God with a gift. That's not maturity. Maturity is based and foundation, the foundation of, his, of it is walking in love. Because that's who he is. And a person who abides in him grows in the ability to really just to yield to the spirit of God on the inside of them and release the love of God into their situations, into their life, no matter what their flesh or emotion feels like in the moment. That is spiritual maturity. We are not mature because we're good at something in a gift. We are seeing awesome things in this church right now. But if we do not purpose and put our main focus on 
growing up spiritually and walking in the love of God, we will not see the fullness of what he has for us. That is our foundation. Our foundation is not what we can do in our gift. Our foundation is what we can express from our relationship. Because we're abiding in love. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, I want to show you the importance of this. It says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Okay, so we're to desire gifts, right? But yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he goes on, I'm not going to read all of it, but it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but not, have not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. Sounds like somebody's operating in gifts without love. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all the faith, you know, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Character and walking in love is a big deal. I don't want just all the showy, look what we can do here. Look at what Faith Family Church is doing here. We're prophesying and we're doing all this stuff. No, we want people to say, look at Faith Family Church. They love well. And increase and fruitfulness comes in the understanding and then the application of love. It's a big deal. Character is a big deal. We, we read in 2 Peter that if you do these things, you will not be barren. You will not be unfruitful. That those who don't apply those things, that don't apply that character to their life, those that don't are blinded. They're blinded. And this is not, guys, listen, this is, this is the amazing thing about relationship with the Lord. One of them, <clears throat> there's, I mean... It's just all of it's amazing. But he is so good that he's not looking for us to be perfect, but he is looking for us to be purposed. And we are the ones that decide if we are purposed or not. And then he takes that purposed heart and he says, oh, yeah, we can do something here. We can really we, this person wants to learn. This person wants to grow. This person doesn't want to just be known for what they can do in a gifting, but this person, they want to be, they want to, they really want to honor me. They love me. It says in chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. We exercise the gifts from the basis and foundation and from the spirit of love. We have to. Notice it says here, it says to pursue love. Now, pursue means to seek, to, this is kind of long, so hang with me, to use measures to obtain, to follow as an example, to imitate Endeavor to attain to, you strive to reach or gain love. 
To pursue God is to wake up every day eager to dig. It is to be filled to the brim with God's love and presence and still yearn for more. Like you just want to love. I mean, like you're looking for the opportunity to just tell your flesh to shut up and walk in love because you know it honors your father. Your flesh starts to, you know, rear up or whatever, and you say, oh, yeah, I see. This is an opportunity for me to show the Lord how much I love him. Flesh, you're not in control. You don't rule me. Filled to the brim with God's love and presence and still yearn for more. Finally, it is to commit your entire life to knowing him. To pursue love. We're talking about what pursue means. To pursue love means to act with intention and purpose. It means to love for the sake of loving with no expectation of something in return. I love you, Lord. I love you more than I love my flesh and my own desire. The word pursue means to press hard after, to pursue, pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain, to go after with the desire of obtaining. You're pursuing love. You're obtaining love. You will not stop until you are obtaining and have grasp on and a strong hold on love and walking in it and, ex- and allowing the expression to flow out of you. To pursue is to cultivate in it in your hearts as the richest and best endowment of the Holy Spirit and endeavor to diffuse love all around you. This is our main goal. This is our main goal because out of that love is the expression of who God is. And he's good. And people need to not just hear that he's good, they need to see that he's good. And then he says in that verse, desire spiritual gifts. Desire is to long for or to ask for, long to have. We desire gifts And as a response to our desire, he distributes them as he sees fit. Gifts are given. We cannot, and and we're saying this because the move of God is happening in this place, but we cannot pursue gifts and barely think about love. We must, we must, we must, we must pursue love. Go after it with everything that we have in us over anything else. And then we desire gifts. And then the Lord distributes them and moves how he wills. I don't want to just say I love God. I want to show that I love God. I want to show that I love God. I don't want to just operate in gifts 
Because the Corinthians could do that and do disgusting sin at the same time. We need character. And character is expressed through love. Godly character. You want to grow spiritually? Start focusing and pursuing on walking in love. You want to be used by God in a very mighty way? Stop just thinking about the thing that you're going to do. And start just thinking about, God, I want to know you. And I'm talking about, remember, knowledge that has action to it. Because you can have a whole lot of knowledge. I know a lot of scripture. But until I'm doing that, I don't really know it. I know what it says. But I want the fullness of what he has. Now listen, this is not condemnation. If anything, this is more. Come on, guys, let's, let's get a little bit more serious, serious about our pursuit. What this is telling me is, is that in every area of your life, if you pursue love first, you'll be fruitful. You know what I mean? You want your job to be better. You want your relationships to be better. You want your family life to be better. You want all of this. Then you pursue love. You get really good at walking in love. Because that is the only way that his character is expressed. That is the starting point. That is, he is, the abide in him. That is what the vine is. It is love. And you know what? You can. Love is not something that you have to, and I, I've learned this, and we'll end with this. We've got like two minutes left, three minutes. Everything that God has told us that we have in the spirit on the inside of us and everything that he has to offer us is obtained one way. It's by faith. Faith does not consider the natural. So in walking in love, don't try to consider how you're going to do it, right, of yourself. Because outside of him, you can't do anything. This is how this works. And I know, I think I've shared this before, but not everybody has heard this. A great example of how to walk in love when in it of yourself, it's impossible. Because you can't just, oh, I just decide, I just love them. Things hurt. What do you do with that? Now, love does not mean that people get a place of trust with you right away, okay? Trust is earned, right? You can walk in love with somebody, but you don't necessarily have to trust them, okay? So in this certain particular situation, there was just some things happened, and they were difficult, and they hurt, all right? And every time I'd see this person, I just felt this, ugh. But I knew this is what your word says, My faith works by love. 
I want my faith to work. I don't want to be unfruitful. Because that's what bitterness does. We think it's affecting the person that we're bitter towards, but it's actually making you unfruitful. See this person. But out of my mouth, faith. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Lord, you said that your love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I have the ability of Jesus himself to forgive this sin. So I choose right now to forgive. This went on for three months every time I saw that person. But then I spoke the word. That's faith. Doesn't matter what I feel. Flesh, you shut your mouth. This is what we're doing. We're walking in love. You get in line. We don't let our flesh align our spirit. It can't. We allow our spirit to align our flesh. We allow the word of God to align and put in order in the right place our flesh. You never let your flesh do that. Finally, after three months of walking this out by faith, because I knew in it of the power of myself, how do you just forget things? How do you just not be hurt? By faith, you speak that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I have every ounce of forgiveness I need for that person. Until the day, I kept saying that until the day I walked into that place, saw that person in nothing but love and compassion, and I wanted them to succeed more than I had ever experienced before for that person who hurt me. Until that flowed from me to that person, I did not stop my confession and relying on the grace of God on the inside of me. That is how we operate in love. You do it by faith. And as we grow in that, the gifts will be phenomenal. Better. Better. They'll be fruitful. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.